Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Hello, this is Martin Grote with an article from the October-November 2022 issue of Forbes magazine, America's premier business magazine, brought to you by Airs LA. This article... Pulse Raising, on page 60. As a child of Iranian immigrants in the Deep South, Joe Kiani surmounted overwhelming odds to become a billionaire. So why should he be afraid to push his scrappy medical monitoring company into consumer electronics, challenging companies 100 times its size? Joe Kiani had achieved the dream. Massimo Corporation, which he founded and runs as CEO and chairman, had carved out a lucrative niche as one of the top makers of pulse oximeters, those fingertip sensors that hospitals use to measure oxygen saturation in patients' blood. Massimo had made Chiani, who immigrated in poverty to the U.S. from Iran as a child, rich, a billionaire by Forbes' reckoning. As an electrical engineer, he took pride in the fact that devices he had personally designed were excellent, commanding a slightly bigger share of the U.S. hospital pulse oximeter market than its chief competitor, Nelcor, which is a unit of Medtronic, a company roughly 15 times Massimo's size. Today, the two companies account for about 90% of sales. It's a profitable enterprise, too. Last year, Massimo, based in Irvine, California, earned $223 million on $1.2 billion in revenue. Amid a rising stock market and bolstered by increased demand for Massimo's technology due to COVID-19, low blood oxygen levels being an early warning that the disease is getting worse, the company's shares climbed 85% from early 2020 through the end of 2021, giving Massimo a market capitalization of more than $16 billion. Then Kiani decided to complicate the dream. After the market closed this February 15th, Massimo announced it was spending just over $1 billion to buy Sound United, a consumer-focused audio, speaker, and headphone business that owns brands such as Marantz, Dinan, Bowers & Wilkins, and Boston Acoustics. The next day, Massimo's stock plunged 37%, wiping out $5 billion in market value. Kiani was shocked. We thought investors would say, awesome, and given our track record, we're not going to screw it up, he declares, perched on an ecru couch in his compulsively neat office. You know what one of them said to me? Very angry shareholder. Big shareholder. Give it back. Don't buy it. But Mike Polark, an analyst at Wolf Research in Boston, wasn't surprised at the negative reaction. In mid-tech, focus pays. At eight times EBITDA, the problem wasn't that Kiani had overpaid for Sound United. It's also a healthy, profitable business, expected to bring Massimo's revenue to $2 billion this year, a 67% increase. The issue for Wall Street is strategic direction, Polark continues. Why is Massimo selling over-the-ear headphones? The acquisition would instantly render Kayani's company less profitable. The gross margin on Massimo's medical device business had been a lofty 65.8%. In commodity consumer electronics, like headphones, 20% is more typical. The move prompted activist investor 
Metropolitan Capital Management, a year-old firm led by Quentin Coffey, a veteran of activist investor Paul Singer's Elliott Management and hedge fund D.E. Shaw, to acquire a nearly 9% stake in Massimo, according to an early August filing. Politan would not comment on its plans, but back in March, the firm helped push health insurance firm Centene to replace its CEO. Kiani, who has sold more than $500 million worth of Massimo shares since the IPO in 2007 and still holds an 8.5% stake worth $650 million, is betting that medical devices will increasingly merge with consumer electronics. He plans to move Sound United beyond over-the-ear headphones into hearing aids and enhanced earbuds. He thinks people will welcome using them, not only to listen to tunes or boost their hearing, but also to measure their vitals, such as pulse rate and oxygen saturation. Of course, he's far from the only one with this vision. Garmin sells watches that track your heart rate, blood oxygen saturation and hydration, The latest Apple Watch can notify the wearer of unusually high or low heart rates or irregular rhythms. In September, Sony announced it's getting into the -the over-the-counter hearing aid market. The only real difference is that those firms are all massive multinationals with decades of experience in the consumer space. Kiani, 57, has defied the odds plenty of times so far. In 1974, when he was nine, he and his family moved from Iran to Alabama, so his father could study engineering. They had no money. For a time, the family of four lived in a housing project in Huntsville. In 1977, the Kianis relocated to San Diego, where Joe's dad had enrolled in an MBA program. Two years later, when Joan was 14 and his sister 15, their parents went back to Iran for work. His mother was a nurse, leaving the teens to live by themselves. My sister kind of became the mom, Kiani says, laughing. She was tough. I had a curfew. Kiani graduated from high school at age 15, mostly, he says, because the math he had studied in Iran was advanced, enabling him to skip a few grades. That same year, he joined his sister at San Diego State University, where he studied electrical engineering while working part-time in the dining hall and managing the apartment complex in which he lived. He took every class he could with Professor Fred Harris, an expert in the field of signal processing, and in 1987 graduated with a master's in electrical engineering. In the late 1980s, while working as an engineer at semiconductor distributor Anthem Electronics, he took a side job, designing a low-cost $100 pulse oximeter for a startup. Kiani learned these devices often emitted false alarms, typically triggered when patients accidentally moved their finger. Armed with knowledge about signal processing and adaptive filters, software to eliminate noise, essentially, Kiani told the startup that he could reduce the number of false alarms. The company wasn't interested. So in 1989, Kiani, then 24, decided to start his own business, Massimo, financing it with a $40,000 second mortgage on his condo. For two years, he worked nights and weekends in his Southern California garage while holding down his day job at Anthem. Using an equation he describes as something out of fifth-grade algebra, Kiani worked on a prototype that kept pulse oximeters working even when patients wearing them moved around or had low blood flow. One place it proved especially critical, the neonatal intensive care unit, given that you can't tell newborns not to squirm. 
He patented his idea almost immediately and reached out to four American companies hoping to integrate Massimo's technology into their systems. No luck. He had better fortune overseas, making deals with NEC in Japan and several companies in Europe. Breaking into the U.S. hospital market proved virtually impossible. Buying groups for clusters of hospitals had already inked exclusive and lucrative deals with Massimo's competitors. In March 2002, the New York Times published a front-page article shining a light on these groups' buying practices, featuring Massimo as a company with a superior pulse oximeter that was essentially locked out of the market. A month later, Kiani testified before the Antitrust Subcommittee of the Senate Judiciary Committee alongside the heads of Novation and Premier, two hospital buying groups. The fact that our primary competitor, Nelcor, who owns more than 90% of the pulse oximetry market, can pay group purchasing organizations to exclude Massimo is dead wrong, he told the senators. Within a month, Premier offered Massimo a contract. Novation followed suit a year later. Kiani is more than willing to go to battle with much bigger competitors. In 1999, he sued Nelcor, then owned by Tyco, over patent infringement. Ten years later, he lodged a similar complaint against Royal Phillips. In 2006, Nelcor started paying Massimo damages and royalties that ultimately totaled nearly $800 million, and Royal Phillips forked over $300 million in 2016. Massimo was also paid $45 million as a result of an antitrust suit it filed against Nelcor in 2002. Next up, Apple, which Massimo has accused of both patent infringement and trade secret theft. Soon after Massimo launched the first pulse oximeter that worked with a smartphone in 2013, the company got a call from Apple, saying it wanted to talk about working together. Kiani took a meeting at Apple's headquarters, but nothing came of it. That same year, Massimo's chief medical officer joined Apple, followed by the chief technology officer from a Massimo spin-off in 2014. Apple filed several patents that Kiani says were based on his technology. Massimo sued in 2020. The case is slated to go to trial next year. Massimo is working to expand beyond pulse oximetry. It has a product that can non-invasively monitor hemoglobin, and it has acquired a German firm, TNI, which makes a respiratory assist device to deliver oxygen to patients with emphysema or chronic bronchitis. Yet an estimated 80% of Massimo's revenue on the medical side of the business still comes from its core pulse oximetry unit. During the early part of the pandemic, Massimo rolled out a pulse oximeter with a smart wristband tied to a smartphone app that hundreds of hospitals provided to COVID patients, enabling them to do continuous monitoring at home. This August, Massimo launched its first smartwatch, a $499 advanced health tracking timepiece that measures oxygen saturation, pulse rate, heart rate, hydration, and more. A hospital chain in Saudi Arabia is currently conducting a pilot test. If it goes well, it goes from a few hundred patients to 80,000 patients, Kiani says. Could a medtech company with no consumer brand recognition make headway against consumer heavyweights like Apple and Garmin? Needham and company analyst Mike Matson points out that the smartwatch market is huge at $25 billion and fragmented. I don't see them taking share from Apple, he says, but there could also be a niche for Massimo's watches for serious athletes, 
those training for triathlons and marathons and needing highly precise health statistics, for example. Garmin has notched $1 billion in smartwatch sales by focusing on fitness, Matson notes. Kiani says singers, too, are interested in using the watch to measure their hydration level, which affects vocal quality. In the consumer world, he adds, I believe that the better technology wins. I believe the more committed the entity is, they win. And I'm committed to this. Then again, so are Apple and Garmin. And that concludes the article, Pulse Raising, by Carrie A. Dolan. If you'd like to find out more about Airs LA and the types of programs we offer, follow us by clicking on any of the social media links on the Airs LA web pages. If you like what you see or hear, please click the like button. This is Martin Grote. I'll be back soon with another article from this issue of Forbes magazine. Thank you for listening. <laughs>